to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this. Hi, Natalie. Hey, hey. And hey, Unpackers. Hey, Unpackers. Welcome to this week's episode of Unpack the Pursuit. We're so excited. So, Natals, the new school year has begun. Not for us, but for a lot of other people out there. (laughs) (laughs) Having so much fun with school. It has. I have seen a lot of my coworkers have to deal with this stuff. I've dealt with it with Irie a little bit. It is an interesting topic right now. Definitely. And obviously, things are very different. People are returning to a classroom that is shaped by this global pandemic. And teachers are doing some crazy things. I was just reading a New York Times article. And teachers are using clear shower curtains that they bought at Dollar General to separate students sitting at a table together. Choir teachers are following protocols for singing during COVID-19 because that's a thing. There's actual protocols for it, requiring students to sing with a mask on for a maximum of 30 minutes. And many teachers, including my roommate Savannah, who we heard from actually a while back in a previous episode called Professional Freedom, she's setting up virtual class at home along with a lot of other teachers. And I think for a lot of teachers out there, there are still so many unknowns. And as we talk about a lot, Natalie, on this podcast, like the unknowns or the uncertainties can really impact how we show up in our lives. It can be really stressful. And being a teacher, I think is already stressful enough. Like I don't know this firsthand, obviously, but just from getting to know Savannah over the last year, I've learned about a lot about how much our educators do for not only their students, but society as a whole. And I think we even talked about this when we did our COVID-19 episode when this was like first happening, which LOL, I would love to go back and listen to that because we had no idea that what was to come. I think in a lot of ways, the pandemic has highlighted just how important it is that kids are in school, especially younger children. It's not a job where you just show up and teach a curriculum. You know, you're fostering a community of students who come from all different backgrounds, who have different needs, both academically and personally. And I'm just not sure how we expect one teacher to handle all of that for, you know, a classroom of 30, never mind just like throwing in a global pandemic and legitimate health concerns. So it's just, to me, it's a wild space. It's wild that my roommate's dealing with it. It's wild. All the teachers out there in the world are dealing with it. And I really wanted to talk about it this week. Some of the things you said, I just didn't even think of yet. I've like, cause there's so much to think about. God, I don't even know where to begin. I, I, I dropped Irie off at school this morning. She's going to daycare and the daycare has to set her up on her computer for her school. So mm. she's in daycare because we at home can't take care of her because her school is virtual. And so now we have the daycare people that have to make sure that she's like listening and actually doing her schoolwork. That's another layer to it all. Back when I worked at Eventbrite, my boss, Amanda, she has two daughters and she was just talking about how it's kind of emotional not being able to do the traditional like drop off your kid at school and walk them into school because they're starting kindergarten or first grade or whatever. You kind of have to drop them off in a specific way and they wear their masks. And it's just so different than ever Mm -hmm. before. There's a lot of emotions for everyone. I think the kids maybe don't know any different, but also they're probably probably like, what the fuck? And parents are just, you know, trying to 
I can imagine parents, especially for of young kids, are just trying to get by. Whether it's like they have to work from home and work with their kids in the, in the house, we're also trying to do virtual school. Like I don't even know what that would look like. That to me is just insanity. Yeah, and kids are they're excited to go to school, and that some of them can't go to school, and they have all these like milestones. Teachers have to handle so so much trying to navigate this all. And I remember I was talking to Jamie actually, who's going to give some information in this podcast. A friend that she knows is doing double the work because part of the time the kids are in the classroom for a full 90 minutes are the classes. And then the other part of the time they're online. So for the same class, she has to make two different presentations for basically because they can't keep kids to focus on their computer for that long. So those ones are like 45 minutes. So they have to do double the work to fit the curriculums into these certain time periods that they're in school and not in school. It's like mind blowing. Yeah. Savannah was just saying that normally, so she teaches AP Lang and AP Lit. I hope I get that right. She says the classes are normally 85 minutes, but on Zoom, they're only 55. So you're cramming in so much more Mm -hmm. in that tiny, like in that shorter time period. And something that like occurs to me, I work upstairs in my room in my office, which, you know, has its own slew of problems. Like I'm, my office is in my bedroom. That's just, I'm like pretty sure there's tons of studies already that tell you that's really bad for your mental health. But that's like the only space I have. And then Savannah uses the downstairs. She could probably set up in her room, but like that's also strange. Like high school students seeing the inside of your bedroom. I don't know, just kind of seems a little bit odd. So definitely like understand her kind of logic for wanting to be down in downstairs in the living room. You know, if I go downstairs to use the kitchen and make food, it's just disruptive. We have our washer and dryer downstairs that makes like crazy noises when you know, it's on the spin cycle. It's like, boom, 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 boom. But when I'm downstairs, I'm just so aware of all the noises. And like, I can hear her octaves like going higher, trying to speak louder and be present on this virtual landscape. And I think it's just really tough. Zoom fatigue, look it up. It's such a thing and whatever. You can substitute Zoom for whatever conference software you use, but it's so exhausting being on the computer in a meeting. I have days where I have four meetings and I want to blow my brains out. So I can't imagine. It's almost like you're facilitating a meeting all day for 30 people at one time. And trying to keep, especially young ones, Mm -hmm. in line and paying attention. Like, I know it's probably hard for high school and college too because you have people sitting on their phones. Younger kids are much harder to sometimes work with because their attention span is a lot lower in their home and they want to be doing a million other things and sitting on their computer. They want to be playing with their toys or going outside and they're sitting in front of their computer. It's like a whole different ballgame to, I feel like, try to come up with lectures and I don't know, probably games and stuff to help them learn. That's like super interactive and engaging, like that much harder that it's all computer facing. Yeah. And I think about like art teachers, what are art teachers doing right now? Like, what do you do? And gym and gym and gym. Honestly, I I could have done without high school gym. That's for sure. But no, it's true. Yeah. I was always physically active as a kid because I played sports, but I think for some kids who like weren't really into sports, gym was a way to like stay physically active and, you know, try new things and whatever. So yeah, I think that's kind of crappy that that's also missing. I think there's Uh some elements of school 
that is so important to our development. And I'm focusing mostly on younger kids, but I also want to be aware that this is happening for kids in college too. And to expect college kids to come back to school in the fall and not party or like get together is just the most insane expectation. I mean, it's so easy as someone that's outside of college to be like, oh my God, you're being irresponsible. Like you really don't understand the gravity of the situation. Dude, if we were in college right now, there is no way that we wouldn't act the same way. (laughs) Right. Oh, I mean, I've been acting the same way this whole summer. COVID, I have not let affect me. So I can only imagine the pressure of actual types of ramifications where they could maybe get in trouble. Yeah, that is true. When you were like, I've been partying and going out, I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) I've been cooped up in my house looking at you like I'm a like a kid in a candy shop. (laughs) I just feel like some of those, the critics out there, they're like, oh, the college kids are going to ruin it for everyone. It's like, yeah, well, I don't know what you're expecting. I think we need some. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I wish we had better, I wish we had better leadership at a national level to figure out these things. But unfortunately, it's kind of left up to the local governments and state governments Mm -hmm. and everybody's dealing with it differently. And so that's kind of why we're in the mess we're in, but so different. It's so interesting to hear about like some school districts, they're back in school, like people are back, but then they have these intense cleaning procedures. And I know, like, I don't know the salary of teachers, but I know that it's always been something where they definitely don't get paid enough. Oh yeah. Now they're getting all of this extra work on them. They go into school, but they have all of these things that they have to keep track of and all of these cleaning procedures. Some districts, it's like half are in school, half are not in school. Some it's half the time they are in school, half the time they're not in school. It's just, it's in summer, just fully Zoom. It's crazy all the differences that people, and it all makes sense. It's like, they don't want the kids in school because they want to keep everybody safe. They want the kids in school because they need to engage them. And I think a huge miss with not having kids in school is that I know that in a lot of places, Jamie, who is on the podcast again, she worked at the school district in Yuma and there was a lot of shit that happened at home. And since she was a school counselor, people came to her for, or teachers saw and would go to her for and be like, we are afraid that something's happening at home with this child, the way they're acting, the way they look. And now you have these kids on Zoom. And you have no idea what's going on at home with them. Like you can't, and that's, that kills me. And I'm sure that kills the teachers. And there's just less, well, it's harder to connect when you're virtual. It's harder to connect. It's so much easier for a kid to be like, fuck this. I like, what, what is this? Why, why are we doing, you know, it's, it's, it's just easier for, I think kids to be like, this is a waste of time and to not take it seriously and to use it as an excuse to sort of fall back and get distracted. And so that's kind of unfortunate too. And just a nature, like it's just product of the circumstance. Yep. Yeah. I feel like we put a lot of pressure on our educators, on our caregivers, honestly, anyone who's in public service. I really wish they got paid what they deserve to get paid. And it's annoying. (laughs) It's just annoying. (laughs) Yeah. It's annoying because I wonder what a society would look like you know, we say we value these jobs and we value these positions that people take, but you know, and I could go on. I'm, we can't get into this like downward spiral. Cause I'll go on right. into a oh, rabbit hole. On. Yeah. People that have had to manage things the most right now, it's definitely, of course, like these government officials who are trying to roll things out and figure it out. 
But then it's the people that are like on the front end standing. It's like the army. It's these teachers that have to fucking figure it out. It's really difficult. Yeah. And I think there's not, obviously there's not much guidance. This is unprecedented and we don't really know what we're supposed to be doing. It's all new. They have no roadmap for success on this at all. They just have to come up with ways that they think will work and hope that it works. Has Savannah said anything else? I've noticed a lot lately that she is working really, really, really hard and she's often working well into the night. I feel for her right now, for sure. I just think she is tired. I think a lot of people are tired and a lot of people are worked beyond their means and are dealing with the effects of the pandemic. So this episode highlights educators and teachers, but we know that a lot of people are being affected by this in a ton of different ways. It might not be work-related, but... And we have some good stories too. Like I was just talking to Natalie about that woman who started the shop who hopefully will get on the podcast soon, but there are positive things coming out of this. And I want to be mindful of that too. Like, and we talked about that in that COVID-19 episode. I think it was called A Case for Optimism. Yes, yes. Some of this stuff is a little bit negative and draining and unfortunate. And it is. And I think calling it what it is, is important not to beat around the bush. But I do think that there are really positive things coming out of this and something, you know, a positive that might come out of this in terms of education is education, much like other really old institutionalized things in our country, in our world is really slow to adapt, right? So like it's been the way it's been for a long time and it's slow to get with the program. What I love is that maybe, you know, oh, what's the quote? Is it, I've been trying to refer to this quote for like the last week and (laughs) necessity is the mother. Is the driving. No, necessity is the mother of invention. I think that is so true to go back at two in these moments. Necessity is a global pandemic coming in and fucking up the world. Is the mother of invention. New ways of doing things are going to be invented. Okay. Yes, it's really hard to ask 12-year-olds, 15-year-olds, high schoolers to virtual learn, but what is the result of getting them to adapt to that type of learning? What can we do after this is all said and done that might actually improve our education system? Because I have all these ideas of how there's so much you can do on the internet to learn. If you didn't go to college, but you just took fucking online classes. Hondo P, agree with that. Yeah. You could literally own the world. Like, It is amazing to me how powerful Google is, the search engine, and what you can learn, or YouTube, or tutorials. You can teach yourself anything on the internet. And I think, wow, we're we're telling our young people, hey, adapt to digital learning because you have to. That to me feels like that could be a win. I do want to have this like positive lens to it that it's not all bad. But I do think, you know, the teachers going through it and the students going through it now, they're kind of like the guinea pigs. And that sucks. Being the guinea pig is never really that fun because you're testing it out and it's new and it's different and it's hard. I do wonder like, what, what are the seeds being planted right now during this pandemic that are really going to flourish after the pandemic is done? No, I think that's so true. I think there's so much good actually that can come out of this. It is this whole testing phase of what's working and what's not working. And I mean, they just had to dive into it. Like no one knew a, how long this was going to last. Like no one knew they were like, we hope this is over before the school year. And so I do feel like there was not enough time given to be like, okay, what can we do to make this like virtual learning work? You know, it was just like, okay, we now have to make it work, make it work. 
because virtual learning could change the game. Like now you have all of these parents who work remotely and can like travel and do things. And like, so if virtual learning was always a thing, like imagine just being able to, I mean, I just worked in Tahoe all summer because I'm a remote worker. Like imagine being able to bring people to experience those types of things. So if you are a teacher or caregiver, please know how appreciated you are and how valuable you are. You probably have days where it doesn't feel like it, especially now. And maybe you don't feel seen and that that's really hard, but we see you and we appreciate you. And we're going to hear from some educators that we love about how they are showing up for school this year. So Liza, Brianna, Jackie, Savannah, Jamie, and Anthony, thank you for all that you do and for sharing your thoughts with us. How am I going to show up for school this year? That's such a good question. I guess in the literal sense, I'm going to show up in a mask and I'm going to show up wearing clothes that can withstand the hot water of my washing machine because I need to be safe. In a more figurative sense, I'm going to show up torn, uh, much like the last time I returned after a long absence from the classroom, which was after my maternity leaves. I was torn between the desire to be back in the building and educating and laughing and having a great time with high school age kids and devastated at the thought of leaving my own. Um, Would they be safe? Would they be happy? Would they be okay? As a mother who is a teacher, I am very torn about going back to school, but I will return with joy and with love because that's what high school age students will need and because that is the teacher that I hope will show up for my own children. I am a first grade teacher, so showing up this year for school means something a lot different than it did back in March when we left school at the start of the pandemic. This year I'm showing up with my heart wide open for my new students, even though I really have no idea what school is going to look like. I am showing up with the same enthusiastic, outgoing, bubbly attitude, even if it's heard behind a mask or behind a computer screen. I am showing up hopeful that we can work together with families and the administration to make whatever we end up doing successful. And ultimately, I'm showing up for me. I'm going to worry about my own mental health as well as my kiddos and do whatever I need to get through this crazy, crazy, crazy time. Hi, my name is Jackie and I teach second grade in Massachusetts. I haven't been getting myself too worked up about the upcoming school year because even with school right around the corner, everything is still so uncertain. And rather than listening in on every school committee meeting and hearing about and discussing the what ifs, I am just prepared to do whatever they need me to do. One thing that has been super difficult to come to terms with is the fact that the relationships with students will be insanely different. As a teacher, I value the relationships with my students and between students so much, if not more than anything. And with learning at home, there isn't that face-to-face interaction that is so important for relationship building. If a student doesn't feel a connection with a teacher or if they don't feel cared about, they will not learn to their fullest potential. And that's something I'm definitely worried about. I'm hoping to show up by hosting many online meetings, both live and recorded, and I'm super excited to have one-on-one sessions and small groups. I'm also showing up by taking care of my mental health. I've really found that reading is a great way to escape any problems or stress that I may be having, so I'm definitely making my mental health a priority so that I can be my best self for my students. So here's to an absolutely crazy and unknown year. It will be super interesting to see how it goes. 
All right, how am I showing up for this school year? I love this question. I think it's really important. And I think right now within the world of education, like none of us really know what to do. I teach 11th and 12th grade. I teach AP English for a school in Nashville. I'm also the content lead as well as the grade level chair uh, for my school. And so I've just been thinking a lot about what we're doing within the world of education and kind of how Teachers are sort of feeling really overspent right now. And rather than really getting to the root of the issue and really having a conversation around what is the purpose of education, what does this look like? We need to be thinking about uh, or we should be thinking about that. Instead, I think we're kind of just treating the symptoms and instead trying to just have virtual education run in the same way that it would in person. And to be honest, so far, I don't know if it's working and I don't know if it's sustainable. So I've just been thinking a lot about how can we really engage this time in this space um, and rethink the ed- the system of education because I think we have a pretty amazing opportunity. However, this needs to be something that we're not just talking about within our classrooms or schools. It's really a larger issue. And so I'm just interested about how we are going to meet this moment and also just give each other some grace because it's just tough. And what we're asking kids to do is also tough. So honestly, I'm asking my students to show up. Um, and I think we all are going to have good days and bad days. And we all need to just understand that education is not going to look how it's always been. And so, you know, we just need to, we need to take that on together. And yeah, I think we just need to lean into the moment. My name is Jamie and I am a high school guidance counselor in Chandler, Arizona. Right now there is so much uncertainty for everyone in the school system and there's just a lot going on. And I know it's really scary that we are going to be in contact with so many people on a regular basis. But for me, what I really do just to get my mindset right before I go to school is really just remind myself of what I can control and what I cannot control. What I can control is making sure that I wear a mask. I do my best to keep everyone socially distanced. And what I can't control is all the little things that are going to happen throughout the day. But it really is just important to remember that we're here to help children get through these scary times. And if we come into school every day anxious and nervous, even though we might be feeling that, that's going to rub off on our students and it's going to make them be way more anxious. So if we can go in and kind of fake it till you make it a little bit until you do feel a little bit better, if we go in with a positive attitude and really showing the students that it's okay, we're all going to get through this. That's going to make a world of difference. Hi, my name is Anthony and I teach eighth grade science out in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm very excited for this school year. I think it provides an opportunity for students to take responsibility of their learning. I think it allows for educators to continue to improve their own techniques and strategies in educating, you know, the youth of nowadays. I think this will be an opportunity for students to really explore what they can do on their own. And it really puts the onus on them to take accountability for their learning. I'm very excited because I believe that I can provide a lot of great resources for these students. And I believe that I have the know-how in order to use the technology to continue to educate them from a distance. I think it's important that they understand that this is not a time for them to relax. This is not a time for them to slack off, but it's really a, a great opportunity for them to improve themselves and to look at their weaknesses and their strengths and to play into those so that they can improve 
moving forward as well as this year. I really don't believe that this is a barrier to their education. I believe that this is an opportunity for them to see just how powerful their learning can be. I really do hope that this, you know, works out as I believe it will. But at the end of the day, you know, I think um, it's on every teacher and every student to really put forth their best foot and take this as an opportunity to improve and to really learn deeper about the content. So, yeah. I am looking forward to showing up this year ready and willing to take on any challenge that is before me, period. I know that the semester is not going to be easy because we are facing many challenges, the biggest of which is the unknown. We don't know what to expect. We don't know what if there's going to be an increase in the number of COVID cases. Uh, we don't know if we're going to have to go all online. However, I am ready, willing, and able to take on the challenge. As the chair of my department, I hope to be able to encourage our faculty and staff and be able to motivate our students in these times of uncertainty. I feel like they look to me for leadership in this area. Thank you for asking this question. As always, guys, we thank you all for listening. We love our Unpacker family. Please follow us on Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a shout out if you love our podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners. Um, and if you would love to come on and share your story, or if you have a topic that you would like to hear, please reach out to us on Instagram or email. And we'd love to hear from you.